So Nick, what about the Galaxy Fold? Well, did you get one? Did yours arrive? No, no, and, and you know I ordered it. I ordered I ordered three because you know you never know. You might break one. You might scratch another one. You might need a third one for backup. Well, you're definitely gonna scratch it, right? Yeah, you're you're gonna scratch it for sure. I mean, the whole thing is is a mess. I guess it's made to be scratched. <laughs> It's like a clay tablet that yeah. you that you etch. Well, it doesn't help that people were, were peeling off the protective, like, like coating or whatever it was on it. Uh, There's a lot of people who were doing like YouTube reviews or like tutorials, like or um, unboxing videos, and they mm-hmm. would peel off. It was supposed that you're not supposed to take it off, but apparently it looks like you're like you can just like peel it off, like it's just like the temporary sleeve on top, you know. And yeah, uh, and people and like people were scratching them up like instantly, and they they were reviewing it and saying, "Oh, this is very you know, I mean, it's still like it's scratched regardless." But I mean, if you don't have a the protective coating that's supposed to be on it, then it's definitely gonna get scratched. But it's like it's things like yeah. that, like it's like if a, a, any any other uh, device wouldn't have something like that, where you would mess it up like instantly. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you out there listening that don't know, the last time that me and Nick got together and recorded a podcast, we talked about the future of mobile phones and what folding devices meant for them. And then, you know, there was a lot of anticipation around them. And so Samsung sent out the first review units to the media. and they got them and there were three or four instances where within a day the device broke so as nick was referencing earlier uh one youtuber named uh mkbhd noticed that there was a what seemed to him to be a screen protector and when it turns out that that screen protector was somehow integral to the display and when you peel it off the displays just die and then I think um, a reviewer at Bloomberg did the same thing. And then The Verge had a display and it just had that look. If you've ever seen a an, a screen that's broken where it just has lines going across it like dead pixels. And it just seems like what what was Samsung thinking sending out those review units? I mean, how did that make it through their QC, do you think? You know, I don't know if they really expected this thing to be like a, a top-selling phone. You know, it, it's it's a, it's unlike any other phone that's come out before, and it's very expensive. So not it's not for everybody, you know. So I think they, if they're going to make it and they were that far in development, of this device, maybe they just thought they could be the first to come out with something. And then they would be yeah. maybe kind of, it would become synonymous with, uh, with Samsung with like foldable devices. Yeah. You know, I, I would think that you want to be first to the market with some kind of technology like that. But I also think you want to make sure that the first impression that you make is good. And I just, 
I feel bad for Samsung in a way. I mean, I, I shouldn't. They're a giant mega corporation, but I still feel like they got a bad rap for this device, and and rightly so. They should have done a a bit more QC on their device. Um, but I I don't think that it's really tampered my enthusiasm for the category as a whole. And I still still think that there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about foldables? I think there's, um, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do it. There's a clamshell folding, the, um, which I think is, uh, who's, who's making one of those? The, the, the razor's coming back. Yeah. Motorola. Motorola razor. Yeah. That's a really interesting use of them. Um, and then there's the, uh, the Huawei, the Mate X or Mate 10, I guess. Yeah. Um, which wraps around it and this one folds before the, the smartphone there was a lot of different kinds of designs and everyone seemed to have like a different kind of phone i feel like yeah form factors yeah there was there was a variety of form factors exactly and i think that yeah i i I think you're right about that with folding phones you know we've gotten so used to these black slabs of devices and now that this whole technology you know the the bendable oled display is making some of this possible i think my enthusiasm is not tampered in any way. I feel like there's going to be a lot of really creative uses for this tech, and I think it's going to be a benefit to the consumer overall. I just think that, man, get your shit together, Samsung. Like, well, you think that's something that they're doing now because they've delayed it for almost a month? Well, I I, I think that they definitely are. I mean, I think that the question is not, are they trying to fix it? I think it's like how to what extent are they fixing it are they scrapping that design completely are are they waiting on a different more durable plastic i mean the i don't know if you look closely with those reviewers that peeled the screen off but there's a lip around the screen yeah like make that sticker a little bit longer and sink it under that lip like it just seems like they shipped a prototype for to reviewers, which is the last people that you would yeah. want to ship a prototype to because they're literally like, Hey, this is some untested technology and we're going to push it. And if it's breaking within a day, that's just a bad luck. Yeah. But so the news hasn't stopped about folding phones that, that ship is still going forward and foldable displays are expanding into other technologies so and other devices so what have we heard on that front well there's a new lenovo i guess it's a laptop pc but it's more like a tablet it's kind of hard to explain so basically it's a it's a intel based windows computer right right it has windows 10 on it but when it's folded out it, it looks like a tablet it almost looks like a monitor. It's right. very large. It's 13.3 inch uh, OLED display. It folds in on itself um, like the Galaxy Fold. but uh, Like a book? Yeah, yeah, like a book. You can fold it kind of midway so it's up like the like a laptop and the, you can type on the screen that's flat. Yeah, so I was, I was looking at this article and it looks like you can hold it in a bunch of different ways. You can just hold it like you're holding a book mm-hmm. that's open. You can. So not all the way. One open. side of it. 
Yeah, yeah. So like it can rest in the palm of your hand in kind of a V shape. Then one side of the tablet, I'm assuming it's where the battery is, is heavier than the other side. So you can open it and have kind of like a foldable form factor with a keyboard on the bottom. And then like it seems I saw them working on like Word documents and stuff. Yeah. And it seemed like it went over the curve a little bit, like the bottom of of the uh, of the document was just a little bit above the keyboard, but below the bottom part of the fold. Yeah. And then interestingly, it ships with a Wacom stylus and also an external keyboard with it, so that you can use that as well. And I, I'm using the term ships with loosely. Lenovo has said that they're not even sure about the operating system yet, if it's going to be Windows 10. And then, um, yeah, and and there's been like no no optimizations in Windows 10 for this form factor. Gotcha. And um, it's not shipping until uh, they said Q1 2020, so it's still a ways out. Well, hopefully they'll fix all that. I mean, what would they put on it? What, like, what would you want to, what operating system besides? I mean, desktop Linux, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's no, getting a lot more no, uh, support, I don't know. though. Well, I mean, Chrome could be a candidate. Um, I think that there is definitely the possibility that um, it could be Chrome with Android apps or maybe good old Fuchsia or else. Who knows? That would be... We haven't talked about that one for a while. Yeah, that would be really interesting. I haven't really read much on that uh, lately, but... Well, Google just had I.O. a couple weeks ago, and I heard the one of the their VPs, his name is Hiroshi Lockheimer, talking about Fuchsia, and he was still being pretty cagey about it. He, he was... Uh, I think that he gets asked a lot and along with the whole Android team of like, is this replacing Chrome? Is this replacing Android? Is this replacing both? And I think that Google's view is we're trying to create the next generation of operating system. And they haven't really found what the individual form factors will be that will support it. But I think they're looking for something that has, a lot of uh, extensibility to move into whatever they have coming down the pike. And I think that may be a good strategy for them. Yeah. I mean, that's something you really, if you have to get right whenever you release something like that. You can't just say like, Hey, this is, if it is going to replace something like Android, it has to be ready to go, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, Chrome OS, I'm pretty sure that along with, pointer support and keyboard support i'm pretty sure it has a virtual keyboard and i mean it has touch support i would argue that they're trying to make a flying toaster kind of it's like yeah they're kind of all over the place in their design which um you know that that's generally not my favorite approach i, I like things that are more um thoughtful in their creation and more targeting a specific platform. And I think that Apple does that really well. And I'm not sure 
that Google does that, but what they are very good at is, you know, getting feedback and saying, what do you guys like? And then implementing that. So I, I definitely think that the multiplicity of, of devices and form factors will fall in their favor. Yeah. Yeah. Lenovo's got some other um, gadgets that are coming out too. They have a uh, augmented reality headset. Yeah. And, and that folding tablet we talked about, you know, they didn't even give it a name. They were just calling it X one, which I feel like they need to give their prototypes better names, but back to the hardware of that device, it was really interesting. There was no camera in it yet. They're, they're trying to put uh, USB ports there. It's all USB C and they're trying to put ports on every different side. So no matter how you're using it, you'll have some way to plug your keyboard yeah. mice into or whatever you need. I mean, to, that, that's a good uh, example of trying to meet form and function on the same level because it looks awesome when you're holding it. Cause you never, I've never held a device that has a bendable screen like that, that that's large, yeah. that large, especially. Well, also in that larger form factor, it allows for a larger uh, capacity battery. And one thing about that design, I don't know if you notice on the outside, it has uh, like some leather going on. Yeah. So it was kind of a, and, it's not a thin and device. When you open it. Yeah. So when, when it's closed, it looks like a book and there's like a little um, tab to put the Wacom pen in. And then when you open it all the way, that leather slides along and then the pin comes over to the side of the tablet, which I thought was, you know, I mean, we've been using notebooks for, you know, hundreds, if not a thousand years. And, uh, we've been taking those devices out to the field and doing work on them for forever. So it seems natural that we would put technology in that form factor once we, uh, get it to that level. Yeah. Overall, cool device. I would like to see something from Apple. Back in March on the 25th, Apple had an event and... That event is now pretty far in the past, but there were a few things that I thought we should talk about. Um, so tell me, what do you think about the uh, Apple credit card? I thought that was somehow the most interesting thing in that event. I mean, it's a very Apple thing to have a credit card that has like two things on the front of it, you know, it's just your name. And then I think the little MasterCard symbol on the bottom and then the chip and that's it because all the information is stored in the app on your phone. Yeah. So the way they discussed it initially was as something that lived in Apple Pay. It kind of got to the point where I wasn't even sure, like, are they going to have a physical card? Like, surely yeah. they're they're going to have a physical card, right? And... um It looks pretty cool. 
it's obviously, you know, Apple is, is going to make a very nice laser etched piece of metal if they're going to make a physical card. And this thing is cool because it's made out of titanium and probably has a nice like powdery coating. There's no numbers on the front. Um, I don't know if you're watching this event at all, but the interesting features of the of the not virtual card, but the or excuse me, not physical card, but the virtual card, and you know the account setup, mm-hmm. the whole onboarding process is cool because you do it all through the Apple Pay application. So I'm assuming it reaches out and gets your credit approval. Yeah, instantly. Seemed pretty intuitive. And so, yeah, and it seems like if they're doing that credit check and this is going into Apple Pay as soon as it validates that information, unless they have to ask you, you know, what street your mom grew up on or yeah. whatever, then then you will be able to use it instantly. And I think that the innovation that they're trying to bring in is that the uh, they're essentially matching, what is it, 2 or 3%. I think it's 3% on everything. 3% on Apple hardware and services? That's what yeah, I Yeah, and probably like 2% on everything else. 2% when using Apple Pay and 1% when you're using the card. Mm-hmm. So, and, and those roundups are instant. So right. basically it's like every day you get a little check for 12 cents or whatever from Apple. Um. And I think that there are other apps like Mint and stuff that try to colorize your transactions, but they're doing it all within within Apple Pay. And they're also doing the thing where it finds the address of the retailer and shows you on a map where you spend. So if it's like says like event venue one, two, three, you know, it'll show you like, okay, I was at, you know, this concert hall or whatever. Right. So, yeah. You, All that stuff's kind of cool. Are you going to get one? I probably will get one. I I, I was kind of hoping that Apple would do a little bit more on the interest rate front. I mean, they did say that there's there's no hidden fees and there's no late payment fees, which is interesting. I guess when you're a trillion-dollar company, yeah. you're not worried about that as much. Um, what about them partnering with goldman sachs i don't i don't know if that was supposed to endear us to them or what yeah i I was kind of surprised they even said yeah it's weird it's like when they announced the iphone and they said that they were going with singular and everybody was just like what it just seems i i don't know every time apple does a partnership i'm sure it will be scrutinized oh yeah heavily yeah yeah what else was interesting in the week leading up to the march 25th event there was a bunch of hardware releases yeah the week like before. right before yeah yep so there was the new macbook air which has a retina display now has touch id that was cool um they released a new ipad that week which was cool which is like a kind of uh not pro version of the last year's 10 inch iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. And then they released the AirPods too, but they're just the new AirPods. And I was able to snag a pair of those. And so I thought I would give my thoughts on those. Is that what you have in your, in your ears right now? 
Yeah, yeah. So ha- have you checked these out at all? No, not not at all. So what I can say is all of our thoughts about the first AirPods hold true here. They're still the most convenient, easy way to use to get audio from your phone into your brain and your words to somebody else. Um, but what makes these so amazing is they, when you open your case and put them in your ears, you hear the like ding of it connecting to your phone instantly. Yeah. It takes like zero time. That's a very satisfying sound. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just so much faster. Did you actually get a pair of these yet or, or no? No, no. I still have the, uh, originals. My battery life was getting so poor on mine and they're kind of a disposable product, right? You have them for a couple of years and I know there's a lot of ecological ramifications that we could go into. Yeah. With. I read an article that said like thousands of years after you die, your AirPods will still be intact. Yeah. Yeah. And I also heard about the guy who swallowed one and it came out, he expelled it and it still worked, which is just, how did he find that out? <laughs> yeah. But who tested anyway. that? <laughs> he, he he was playing the sound like how you can go into find my iphone and play the sound and it kept following him around so he went and had an x-ray and found out that it was how do you not know that you swallow something like that he said he was asleep i think maybe it was a publicity sign i i don't know yeah that's weird anyway so i got the new airpods that have the wireless charging case and they have um, the Hey Shlomo built in to where you don't have to say anything. You don't have to like tap on them to bring up the assistant. Yeah. So that was really cool. And it works really well. Um, but I think the the biggest feature for me is just how quickly it switches in between my devices. So if I'm using them on my uh, iPhone and then I want to switch them over to my iPad to watch a video or if I'm, you know, listening to a podcast and I'm editing on, on my Mac or something like that, it just the switching back and forth is so much quicker and having the ability to say, Hey lady, and her give me responses without me having to touch anything is super useful. Um, I still feel kind of like a crazy person if I say it in public, but I've kind of just gotten over it. I, I don't really care. About what? Um, about summoning the assistant oh. and saying, hey, slow-mo, just while I'm like walking down the... the yeah, I don't think I'll know, ever have that amount of confidence to just be uh, just <laughs> be using, yeah. using her all the time. Yeah, at this point, I, I'm just too lazy to touch my phone, so <laughs> so it's fine. Oh, it also it also switches to the Apple Watch really quick. So if I'm cutting the lawn or taking a walk or something, I I never really take my phone. It's just always on the charger. That's pretty so. cool. Yeah, and and it it was really slow on the first generation AirPods to connect to the Apple Watch in particular. And my favorite um, podcast app, Overcast. When I put my watch and my phone on the chargers at night, it syncs all the podcasts over. So that's awesome. I never really have to worry about anything sinking there. And 
if I don't have anything, the cellular Apple Watch just I can just stream music. So it's yeah, it's an awesome combination, and because of the speed and the quickness and everything, and in combination with the Apple Watch Series Four, it's it's kind of my favorite way to take a phone call. I would rather like not be near my phone. I, I almost wish the watch was more independent, and you could just use these two devices together. And that'd uh, be crazy. So I also got the case with the wireless charging built in and um, it's really cool and it works really well, but I mean, it, it's not even a feature I ever think about because I just kind of, when I'm at work, I just set it on there and charge it and I never think about charging the AirPods now and I don't even plug them in. It's, I mean, it's you, you really rarely have to actually charge the case, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with the wireless charging it just removes one more yeah, one more step making it extremely lazy. Yeah. Which makes me think I really wish that air power mat would have came out because it would have been great to just be able to lay it yeah. and the phone down and never have to touch either of those things. Yeah. I mean there's other alternatives um that hold like your phone yeah. and your all that stuff too, but it would be nice to have like Yeah. A, Something from Apple. Apple. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Did you hear that they're working on another newer version of the AirPods already? Yeah, I heard that. I, I you know, I almost kind of think that this version of the AirPods is like a, it's like a 1.5 version. Yeah. Because it seemed, because they, I think they showed the wireless charging case when they announced the iPhone 10 mm-hmm. or t- I mean they showed that case a long time yeah, ago. I remember seeing that because, little light on it yeah because the AirPods came out when they released I don't even know the iPhone 7 because the iPhone 7 was the first one that didn't have a, a headphone jack so yeah it was like shortly after that and then the iPhone 8 and 10 came out together and I think the AirPods were already out by then yeah so, yeah, I would like them to come in black too. Yeah, still no black. Well, if you have about a hundred extra dollars, you can get the black Power Beats Pro. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about those. It's kind of like your AirPods, except they do come in black, and they are also in white. They're a little bit larger because and green and green. So they're a little mm-hmm. bit larger the cases because it has the uh, over the ear kind of grapple thing. Uh Uh-huh. The hook, the hook. Um, So they're more like a sports kind of, kind of form factor, but um, apparently the battery life is incredible. They should stay in your ears a little bit easier, I guess. I mean, I I don't really have an issue with AirPods. I guess sometimes they do feel like they'll, they're kind of falling out. I have to push them back in, but I think the biggest draw to these are, um, a little bit more comfortable, I think. They come with different ear, um, like the little tips. Yeah, little tips. Um, that and the battery life, I think, are going to be a, a big draws to this. Um, but you charge them yeah. just the, the same way as as the AirPods. They're just a little bit. It's like more of a clamshell. Yeah, and and because they're made by Apple, they also have the new H1 chip, exactly. which helps with that really quick pairing and 
and transferring to a different device. I bet they're more noise canceling just because of those tips because they go further in your ear, yeah. you know. And they kind of expand I, out, you know. Yeah. So they kind of maybe close in all the gaps. Yeah, I used to have some some uh I think they were called the Jaybird X2. I remember that. And they yeah. were wireless headphones. But well, they weren't wireless. They were Bluetooth headphones that were connected together by a right. wire. Yeah. It went around um, your neck. Yeah. Mhm. And and those had pretty good tips, so it kind of it was definitely more noise isolating. It wasn't like active noise isolation, but it was definitely um you know, because it sealed off your ear a little bit more, it definitely provided a bit more isolation. I wonder what the microphones are like on these because you know, I think one advantage to the AirPods is is the boom gets a little closer to your mouth and I think yeah. that it it definitely senses when your when your jaw is vibrating. Yeah, that's you know? a that's a good point. Um cuz I was thinking about if they were to come out with a new version of the AirPods would they still look the same? I don't know if they could get the same the same kind of uh voice fidelity with a shorter boom but you know that's where the battery is so i don't know yeah so also so so basically it's kind of like if the airpods don't fit you really well check out the the uh power beats pro mm -hmm. and um you're going to get all the great features like the hey slow-mo and the um, fast pairing and device switching. You're going to get better battery life and you can get them in blue, white, black, or green, but they are $50 more expensive. Yeah. So, and they're larger. Yeah. So I guess the, the new AirPods are like one ninety nine if you get the charging case or something like that, and the Powerbeats Pro are two forty nine, which it's a good amount of money. Yeah, I mean, I like them, but I like how small the case is. The case for the for the Powerbeats Pro definitely yeah, looks much larger, much bulkier. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be a, like a fit in your pocket kind of thing, like the dental floss no. of the of the. But you know, if I had more cash, I might buy I might buy those for exercising. Yeah. Yeah, and just how quickly these things pair anyway. I mean, yeah. You could you could totally have these and leave them in your gym bag. Yeah. And never have to yeah, so probably I, charge them probably. You know what? I'm just going to order them. It just makes sense. Right now. now you're on you're ordering them right now. <laughs> <laughs> you see you're like no, your keyboard. <laughs> No, but I definitely, I definitely do like them and think that they're they're pretty dope. Yeah. So also, I I really like that green color. Yeah, this like kind of a like a forest green ish, or like a yeah. lighter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. we do need to talk about one more thing from Apple and that is Apple Arcade. So during that March 25th event, which was a week after they released 
the new AirPods and the event where they debuted the Apple Car. One of the other services. So that whole event was just for a focus on services, right? So they talked about Apple TV, which was cool. They've got some original programming coming. What are your what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I'm definitely going to try it. I'm sure they're going to have a free trial like they did with Apple Music. Yeah. Um, especially since this, they're just getting into that market, you know. So I'm sure they'll have like a three-month free trial. I'll definitely try that. I'm assuming I'm going to really like it. I liked all of the, most of the trailers, I guess, that I saw that or you know, previews for um, their shows and, and the creators behind them. So I, I think that it's going to be at least a few of the shows I'm going to like. But I think as it matures and as they kind of get a, a better hold on streaming services with uh, TV, I think, I think they'll get better at it too. Do you think that they'll bundle some of these services together? Like, so they're already getting me for 10 bucks for uh, iCloud storage. Mm-hmm. I pay them $16 for Apple Music. Um, I think I didn't cancel my Apple News subscription, so I'm still paying <laughs> for that. But which I actually, I so they also announced News Plus. I actually have been liking it because it gives me access to the Wall Street Journal. And I pay for the Times. And I, I didn't want to pay for the Journal, too, because it's significantly more expensive mm-hmm. it's like something like 30 or 40 dollars a month well i think it might but, they might end up reflecting something like adobe that's mm-hmm. um where you can get every single yeah, exactly, one of their apps for what is it, like 50 bucks a month or you can just get just the photoshop ones for like 10 bucks a mm-hmm. month but there's no other i mean you can't like just get like premiere and after effects like you have to get kind of all of them to get that discount. Although those are way more expensive than than the services Apple well, offering. Do you think that because Apple Apple TV I hate that they they're calling it it's called Apple TV Plus. Yeah. That's what they're calling. So, do you think that that Apple TV Plus will be available a la carte? given the limited nature of its catalog or maybe what they'll do is they will it's included with the bundle if you buy the bundle of everything then you get apple tv plus but it's just not yeah i mean how many shows that they have like 10 and plus movies yeah, i mean they had a I, lot but like i feel like that's not enough to pay like 10 bucks a month you know yeah i mean with the music service you're getting something like 18 million songs right. or something right and then with News Plus, you're getting basically every magazine and a couple newspapers. Like, I understand selling those services independent. But when you're starting out with a limited catalog, it seems like they have to do the bundle and then include that in. Yeah. I would hope so. I, I mean, how much do you think they would charge for something like that? Well, I mean, Disney is, is coming out with Disney Plus, And this fall, it's $6. Disney has an enormous catalog. They're bringing back all the Marvel stuff. They're doing um, uh, two different Star Wars shows. They're doing some live-action Marvel stuff. I mean, and they're charging $6 a month. Apple has, let's say Apple has 20 shows, 
20, which is a crazy amount of content, content for a hardware company to make. I, I don't see how they sell it independent. I think it's got to be a part of a bundle to begin with. And then as they build the catalog, at some point they'll be like, and now you can buy Apple TV Plus separately right. for those customers that don't subscribe to everything. But I think that's the only way that they can roll it out that makes sense. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm definitely going to try it out like day one, especially now that I have an Apple TV. I'm more inclined to, because before I'd have to get it on something else. Another way to watch it. Or AirPlay. Oh, yeah. But even then you couldn't AirPlay without an Apple right. TV. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another couple interesting notes about that TV service is it's not exclusive to to apple right it's going to be on i think samsung tvs and lg tvs yeah yeah, i I think eventually it'll probably be on the fire tv at some point so it'll be really on android i mean that's the really if they want this to to succeed they have to do it that way they can't just have it on apple products there's no way especially if they're spending that much money on it yeah so I hadn't really thought about their strategy for their product until we're having this conversation. But I think that that makes a lot of sense that they will announce a bundle, which includes uh, Apple Music, Apple News Plus, Apple TV, and Apple Arcade. Yeah, which we haven't talked about yet. But um, I I don't so, really... Uh... I don't really play many games on my phone. I have a few. I have a few, but not not that many. What what games do you play? I I've been playing The Elder Scrolls Blades on my phone. And um Blades is an amazing game graphically. So, essentially I don't know if we spoke about this on an earlier podcast, and I think we probably did talking about E3. But it finally came out. It took about a year. And it's an open... It's not open world, but it's an RPG game where you kind of play missions. And there's a storyline. And you can level up weapons and characters and gain abilities and all that kind of thing. But it has a lot of in-app purchases. So I've... And it's got two different kinds of currency. It's got gems and coins. And, you know, you kind of... You need those resources to level up things. And you could theoretically just never pay any money and just grind through the game. But it's terrible because you, in, in order to get things done quickly, and I'm a very impatient person, so I have spent probably, you know, more money than I would like to <laughs> on this game. Um, it's not a ridiculous amount, but, you know, it's some. And I think this is this is where Apple can bring innovation, right? So they created this amazing phone platform and they made all these developer tools and made all these great games, right? All these developers made these great games. And then there was this race to the bottom where every game has to be free within app purchases. So Apple also back in March announced Apple Arcade and it's not coming out until this fall, but it's going to be like a premium game platform. And they didn't talk about a price, but presumably it's going to be 
15 or $20 a month, maybe. And you'll be able to play the games on your Apple TV, on your phone, on your iPad, or on your Mac, which sounds like a pretty, sounds like a pretty solid idea. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, what games will be in this? You think it'll be all games or are there specific? So Apple has moved into a role as kind of a publishing studio for games and they're kind of like a patron, right? So I think they're doing some initial investment in these games. So what that means is these developers have the capital up front to spend time making a really good game. And then they don't have to charge for in-app purchases and do all that. So I think that that is really going to be the, uh, the key feature of it. And I think it's going to be great if you're a parent, you've got kids or something, because I'm sure that there'll be a family subscription and, and then, you know, your kids won't be asking you to spend 20 bucks on Fortnite skins, hopefully. Yeah. Or not even asking you and just doing it and spending thousands of dollars. Well, see, that's why you got to have the parental controls on. I think this is a great idea. I don't, I don't think they tried to be like a game publisher. I don't think that was ever on the roadmap, but they probably saw all they have to be like, I mean, Uh, and when I'm saying they have to be, it's kind of like you were saying they didn't, it probably wasn't on the roadmap for them to become a game publisher, but when they allowed in app purchases and everybody was selling games for a dollar, the bottom kind of dropped off out of the market. So you, you, it, and what you're getting is a bunch of low quality games that are slot machines. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's free to play and pay to win, if you know what I mean. Right. So I think that there's room for those games in the app store. And then there's also room for a premium subscription service where there's some cool games. I mean, just just checking it out right now, there's um, Us 2, who are the makers of um, Alto's Odyssey. They have a game in there. And uh, Oceanhorn 2 is going to be on it. Um snowman who's another great publisher has a game on it so i think there's a lot of potential especially for the uh the cross-platform stuff to make some cool games yeah yeah that'd be cool and and i yeah and i think that cross-platform stuff kind of ties back into the to the marzipan stuff we talked about in the last round of apps and how they brought news and voice recorder and a couple other apps Mm -hmm. to the mac i think we're going to see a lot more of that this year. And I think they were laying some of the fundamental groundworks to bring services like Apple Arcade and a lot of synergy between the Mac and iOS. 